1: Good morning and welcome everyone to the Sonic Society, the world's largest showcase of modern audio theatre. I'm Jack Ward, right here with David All. David, has it become suddenly balmy in England as it had yesterday in Halifax here?
2: Well, hello Jack. Uh, Yeah, it's not, we don't have the extremes of temperature that maybe you do, but we did have snow. Uh, a, a reasonable amount of snow this year which was which was great but uh certainly it is feeling very springish over here uh the snowdrops have come and are now dying off the daffodils are poking up so it's uh it's really looking beautiful in terms of the uh the plants over here oh, lovely it was 14 degrees here oh, wow. yesterday
1: <laughs> i went outside after my class and i went what is going on? (laughs) (laughs) It made no sense. I arrived here, it was minus three. It is now 14. (laughs) So I went for a lovely walk. Well, no matter the weather outside here on the Sonic Society, the audio is always the perfect day. And this week is no exception with our feature from Glenn Dixon, written for the Choose Life campaign, Holding On. And it all
2: begins right here on the Sonic Society.
0: Andy and I had been mates for years. You can always have a laugh and a joke with him, But I
3: remember a time quite clearly when I felt Andy was hiding something behind that laugh. So
2: I asked him about it. We talked, and he ended up telling me he'd been thinking about suicide. Because I asked, he's still alive. For help and advice for you or the person you are worried about, visit chooselife.net forward slash ask. If you can read between the lines, you can save lives.
4: This suspense is
0: killing me.
2: Holding on by Glen Dixon.
0: I can't stand.
4: Did they take your blood pressure, then?
3: Yes. It was the young doctor with the spiky hair. Too much gel and not enough deodorant. Had a circle of medical students following him about like little ducklings.
4: Oh, I missed all the action, then. Yeah, you were sound asleep. I had a really restless night. Could not get comfortable. <laughs> like the baby was using my insides as a punching bag.
3: Yes, I heard you.
4: Sorry. I got woken up by the sound of them wheeling somebody in about two thirty in the morning. How was the blood pressure? Still pretty high. Is your mum coming in today? No. I think it's her bingo day. Again? I thought she went at the weekend. She did. She's addicted to those dabber pens. She likes the bingo then. <laughs> Loves it. Especially the midweek major link up. Sounds serious. Big bucks at stake. There won't be a dry seat in the house. <laughs>
3: Which one does she go to? All of them. I've never seen a bingo
4: before. Uh, I bet you're more of a casino girl. Why, is it like a casino? Are you joking? No. It is definitely not like a casino. Well, I mean, I've never been to a casino either. I've seen them in James Bond films. Monte
3: Carlo and Las Vegas? I don't think the Glasgow casinos are like this.
4: I was in there once with my mum. Bingo, that is. It was packed. Saturday afternoon and this old woman shouted bingo, you know, cause she thought she had a full house, like all the numbers in one of her books. So the bingo checker starts reading out the numbers to like verify a win and everything. 35, 3, 21, blah blah blah. She didn't have all the numbers. It was a miss call. This doesn't sound good. It wasn't. The checker announces that there's been a false shout and then all hell breaks loose. What happened? It kicked off, big time. Women of all sorts of ages start booing and hissing like in a panto. You know, at the pavilion or something. The language that was being used was unbelievable. I can imagine. It's a serious business, Bingo. Your mum, does she win much? Now and again. I never see any of her winnings, though. So, is she coming in to see you? Said she may drop by tomorrow. But she won't, though. She's always got something less important to do. Less important? Aye. You mean more important? No. She'll have a less pressing engagement. You're losing me. She'll find something else to do. You know, reading her magazine, watching daytime TV, hanging out with one of her loser boyfriends.
3: I'm sure she loves you a great deal.
4: You reckon? Even I wouldn't take that bet. I mean, the odds are stacked heavily against me. What about your dad? Oh, wouldn't expect him to come here. Why not? He doesn't keep very well. Have you asked him to come? He finds it hard to cope with these things. I wouldn't, like, want to make him feel bad for not being able to make it in. What, seeing his daughter when she needs him the most? No. Yeah. (sighs) I don't know.
3: Look, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that.
4: It's fine. It's just complicated. Families always are, eh? He just hates hospitals. He's spent a lot of time in them over the years. Doesn't really go out much. Stays in most days watching his movies. My dad liked watching his films.
3: What is it about men and the films? My husband Jerry's exactly the same. I guess it's the escapism. Gives him an excuse to get away from me. He was a bit of a movie junkie, my dad, but he liked to call himself a film buff. Very posh. He said he was leaving me an education in film. What does that even mean? Roughly translated? boxes of old VHS movies, ten of them to be precise. I still have them in the garage,
4: gathering dust. I've seen those video machines. My nan's got one. They look like enormous toasters. They do look like enormous toasters. He even had a few Betamax cassettes. Beta what? Oh, doesn't matter. Just another type of tape. Mine loves these country and western movies. I think it's just westerns. If it's cowboy
3: films, it's a western. Country and western is the music. My dad used to sing to me rock by your baby with a dixie melody when you croon you croon a tune from the heart of dixie keep going weep no more my lady sing that song again for me with a Dixie
4: Melody Hey, you have a nice voice. she should do karaoke. Better than half the rubbish that's on the telly, anyway.
3: You'd never get me out to do karaoke, no way.
4: My mum does it and she canny sing for a toffee. In fact, lots of old people do it. How old is she again, your mum? Thirty-five. Oh, two years younger than me. Yeah, but you don't look at him. Thank you. You know the western and country stuff, right? I do. The words are so sad. They are
3: indeed. Crops failing, dogs dying, and husbands running off for the love of a bad woman.
4: So, is your dad dead then? Yes. Sorry, that that was a bit cold. I was
3: just asking... It's okay. It was a while ago. He passed away when I was about your age.
4: Oh, I'm so sorry. Were you, like, close?
3: We had our moments. We also clashed a lot, too.
4: What did you argue about?
3: Oh, all sorts of things, really, but mostly my dress sense, believe it or not. makeup, hemlines, the usual.
4: My dad used to give me a hard time for getting out in micro-miniskirts. He called them belts. Yeah, mine used to make similar comments. Was that the swinging 60s? Cheeky devil! (laughs) Do I look that old? (laughs) No. You look really pretty.
3: Good recovery.
4: What's that you're reading? Something my husband
3: Jerry brought in. Infertility Network UK, a specialist bi-monthly magazine.
4: Hmm, bet you can't get that in WH Smith. It contains a range of interesting articles,
3: letters and information from many international infertility organisations. This week's cover story is about the fears that embryos are being donated without consent. Riveting. I need to get out of this place. I'm going stir-crazy. We could organise a jailbreak. Yes, please. Could you give me a fireman's lift? We could climb down the walls with knotted bedsheets.
4: Talking about firemen? Do you fancy chumming me down to the telly room? There's a come down with my omnibus about to start in ten minutes. We could try and wrestle the remote for that woman with a neck brace. We could easily take her.
3: You watch too much TV.
4: But this week, it's paramedics and firefighters on the stoves. Tempting as it sounds, I think I'm feeling too queasy.
3: I'd probably throw up during the starters.
4: you sure? Ah, well, sure your loss. Looks like I'm going to have to capture the remote control myself. See you.
3: She's so young and so vulnerable. I can see it in her eyes. The hyper-banter and silly jokes, by the way, are just a front. A defence mechanism. I've heard her crying in the toilet. (laughs) She tries to run the taps to hide her sobs, but I can always hear her. Last night I tried to ask her if she was all right. She pretended to be asleep. Her nightlight was on and I could see her face. Her eyes were all puffy from crying. The first couple of days I couldn't get a word out of her. She hid under the covers with her headphones plugged in, listening to her iPod trying to blank out everything. I think she was sussing me out. It's funny, she thinks I'm really well off. It would make her hair curl. Even more, if I showed her one of my bank statements. If I told her just how much money we've spent just getting pregnant. She's got enough on her plate. After a history of painful, heavy periods and having had an ovary removed, I was diagnosed with endometriosis. Because my remaining fallopian tube was blocked, the only chance I had of conceiving was through IVF. It's such an expensive business to be in. The appliance of science, Jerry calls it. Assisted reproduction. You know, playing Frankenstein. But it is our baby, you know. My mother still insists on telling her friends proudly that a daughter is on the HRT programme. Makes me laugh out loud. <laughs> That'll be next. Bless her. She doesn't really understand why things are still not happening for us. Why is it that a 62-year-old Italian mamma can give birth without any complications? Maybe it's all the extra virgin olive oil. The baby just slipped right out of her. I'm almost 20 weeks. The longest I've managed. I am proud of myself. This is a new milestone
4: for me confident. Back so soon? Night on worth watching. Well, you can come and keep me company then, eh? Are you still not feeling great? What did the doctor say this morning? The usual, really. Rest up, get stronger. Don't worry. Yeah, that too. Do you think my bump has gotten any bigger in the time you've been here, Lorraine? My God, it's ginormous. Lorraine, what, are you sticking out your belly? No, be honest with me. Well, a little. Are you sure? Absolutely. Wish it was more inflated. Think of the stretch marks. I shall wear them with pride. You are a sick poppy. Bring on those maternity smocks. You've been in here too long. I can't wait to replace buttons and zippers for Velcro and elastic. The self-tightening Velcro of a straitjacket. jacket. Thanks very much. Well, you must be mad if you actually want to go out in public wearing those things. Maternity clothes are disgusting. They're not fashionable. If I had the cash, I'd only buy the best designer outfits to hide the bump. Super dry, gold digger. I don't care. I don't want to hide it. I want to accentuate it. Tell me what's so fantastic about looking like you swallowed a space hopper. I long to have swollen
3: ankles. Bring on the cravings and the backaches, the beautiful kicks and painful cramps, and
4: dark nipples that crack and bleed and squirt milk at strangers. You are insane. No one will fancy you. Well, apart from your perverts who like pregnant women to squirt milk at them.
3: I'm willing to make that sacrifice.
4: <laughs> You'll
3: be more John Smith than Paul Smith. Tenants' lager instead of lager filled. <laughs> Buckfast rather than Slimfast. <laughs> so will you. <laughs> Your bun's expanding in your oven too.
4: When I first heard the medics talking about Emily in this IVF programme, I thought it was a prody thing. You know, like a documentary about terrorists. <laughs> I'm so naive. Good Catholic girl, me. Turns out that Emily's been having infertility treatment. She's been trying for a baby for the longest time. I think she's been through a hell of a lot over the last few years. I hope you don't think I'm having a mad gossip. I, mean, I wasn't eavesdropping or logging in. Not much else to do in here. I've been stuck here for about a week now. Just like Emily. I've been bleeding too. Got really sick of having to get myself to the hospital every time I it's the blood. So I was a bit relieved to tell you the truth when they said I had to stay in here. not been feeling great. I've been having really bad thoughts. I tried to tell my mum, but she said it was attention seeking. She's really doing my head in at the moment. Always trying to talk me out of the whole adoption thing. Oh yeah. I don't want to keep it. Cute tiny little babies grow into smelly, sweaty teenagers. And I should know because I am one. And I'm struggling to look after myself at the moment. Anyway, I spoke to a midwife and told her I was thinking about adoption. To cut a long story short, she hooked me up with a social worker. He set the whole thing up. My mum is mortified by this. Say she'd wash her hands off me. I haven't had the heart to tell Emily,
0: though. rock your baby With a gixy melody When you cry
3: beans? Who's the father?
4: Where did that come from? Just curious. You haven't mentioned him, that's all. With good reason, Em. Oh, it's like that, is it? I wouldn't recognise him again if he walked in here right now.
3: What if he was naked?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I may recognise certain parts of (laughs) him. Had a gorgeous wee bum. Very pert. Hmm. Look, it was a major mistake. And? And what? You're not letting this go, are you? Dish the dirt and don't spare any of the details. Where did you meet? Ugh, there wasn't really a meeting as such. More of a dark fumble. Oh yeah, and then you fell for him, head over heels? No, it was more a case of heels over head, actually. Mine. (laughs) Go on. Ugh, there's not much to tell. It was a stupid drunken meeting at a friend's 21st party. Seven vodka red bulls later, I'm back at this grungy art student's flat in Cowcadden's. Just a one-night stand? There wasn't much standing involved, Emily. Well, except when I had to do the walk of shame all the way back to Eyebrooks. My head was thumping.
3: Serves, you right. You shouldn't binge drink anyway. It's really dangerous. Hangovers. The older I get, the more severe they seem.
4: Sometimes I find it really difficult to concentrate and stay connected to some of the conversations I'm having. I'm not being rude or selfish, I just... can't blank out the other stuff that's in here. I
3: drift away into my own darkness. I was shopping
4: a few weeks ago. I was trying to cross this busy road and was holding these shopping bags. I was standing with my feet balancing just on the curb. Toes scrunched up inside my shoes, rain lashing down. My hands were gripping onto these plastic handles that were tearing into my fingers. Cars and buses were shooting past in both directions and all the time this rain kept on falling. And I had this thought: but I could just take one step after the other, and walk straight onto the road. Three or four small steps would be enough. I could see myself slipping onto the wet concrete and falling right under the wheels of a totally random car. Picture the driver behind the wheel. Possibly his young family. I remember thinking this would stay with them for the rest of their lives. I couldn't possibly put them through this. I stepped back onto the footpath and walked home. Hating myself. Lorraine, are you still
3: listening to me? Yes, I'm listening to you. I was just saying that Gerry nearly came to blows with his own brother. He made a really sarcastic comment. What did he say? He called Jerry a jaffa.
4: <laughs> What's a jaffa? An orange. Yeah, I know that, but why is he calling Jerry an orange? Is this a ranger's thing? A relegation dig?
3: They're seedless, Lorraine. It's a very cruel put-down, suggesting that
4: Jerry may not be able to father a child. That's a terrible thing to say. Men are such idiots. No wonder there are so many negative words that have man or men in the title. Mental. Menopause. Manslaughter. Manchester United.
3: Mandelson. Huh? Mandelson. Oh, it doesn't really matter. Just another idiot. Uh, ah, My back's killing me. I hate not being able to sleep in my own comfy bed. Even the bed springs are trying to tunnel out of this mattress. They feel like corkscrews. I don't think they're
4: orthopaedic, do you? It scares me when I think of how many women have slept on them. Or not been able to sleep on them. Aye. Tens of thousands of sick bodies leaving glorious skid marks. That's a horrible thought. If they did that ultraviolet light
3: test, you know, the one they do in hotel beds.
4: The blue light? The CSI one? All that built-up DNA. Tears. Sweat. Puke. Blood. Don't. I'm already worried about MRSA. The flesh-eating bug? The bacteria-based disease you get in hospitals. (gasps) There was an article on the record about this old lady who caught that. She lived in a council flat in Annie's Land. There was this gory photo of her ruptured abscess in her belly. Like a gaping hole. MRSA? No, the flesh-eating bug. Cannibalised her whole body in the end. Stop talking about bugs. It's making my flesh crawl. Lorraine, can we change the subject? You started it. Yeah, well...
3: My husband, Jerry tried to bring our own mattress in as a precaution. He did not. He did. He picked up his bed and walked, as they say. Good for him.
4: Double working size.
3: Actually, it was a portable single from the guest room. Double memory foam. Very nice. Yeah, but they wouldn't let him pass reception with it. Infection inspection. They said it wouldn't pass the tests. Typical. Looked like a demented
4: tortoise. <laughs> 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 oh, classic. <laughs> They should have let him bring it in. Better than sleeping in this bed of nails. Jerry's some guy, eh? Do you think so? The husband comes in twice a day to see her. Karen? No. He's checking up on her. Just like she was a thoroughbred racehorse. What do you think he brings her? Chocolates, flowers, maybe grapes. No. No even close. He's her mobile librarian. He keeps bringing in armfuls of books. The nurse keeps clearing them away and he keeps replacing them daily with new ones. I had a sneaky wee peek when she was doing for a scan yesterday. (laughs) Some cracking titles. Food chaining, The proven six-step plan to stop picky eating, solve feeding problems and expand your child's diet. I can hardly get the title out in one breath, let alone be arsed with starting the actual book. This is my all-time favourite. Feeding your unborn baby the right foods to make him smarter. Talk about feeding? He's feeding her paranoia. <laughs> Christ, she must be having a right good smirk at I read material. Closer, take a break. I've hidden the Danielle Steele and the Jordan biography, Life Without Peter. Just in case.
3: He wants to make sure we do everything right this time. He is a bit of a control freak. Well... He must have noticed the books and leaflets he's been bringing me.
4: No. Well, a bit. Do you not think it's a bit excessive? He did bring a lot of mother care brochures in. What does he do for a living? HR. What? Human resources. Ah, so he sources humans, does he? What, like Birkin Hare? (laughs) Maybe he can get me a pair of longer legs. You never stop, do you? Sorry. That's It's okay. You guys going through a bit of a rough patch? A rough patch? That's an understatement.
3: It's like we were wading through the Amazon using plastic spoons as machetes. (laughs) Plastic spoons? Oh, I know. I don't know where that came from. It was a bit random.
4: (laughs) No, it was funny. It was, wasn't it? I was just visualising you in a jungle in your heels.
3: Yeah, the only Amazon I could cope with is the internet shopping website variety. (laughs) (laughs)
4: There you go. You could do stand up.
3: Yeah, but I'd have to do it lying down. (laughs) Go, Emily. You're in a row. (laughs) How many women in the IVF does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know. Doesn't matter. They'll screw anything in if it helps.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, excellent.
3: (laughs) Do you know that a woman from the 18th century holds the world's record for the largest number of children? She produced 16 sets of twins, seven sets of triplets, and four quads. The rest, I'm guessing, were singles. Is this one of your jokes? This isn't as funny. It's 100% true. Well, according to this magazine. (laughs) Bet she she
4: was wishing she'd remain single. Stop making me laugh or I'll pee my pants. Go for it. Might break the monotony. Get that cute wee medical student to help mop it up. Will I press the buzzer? The strawberry blonde one with the blue eyes and the tattoos? The very same. He's barely older than a fetus himself. Oh, he's old enough, all right. You've got a one-track mind. Do you want to chum me down to the tailor room? Um, I'm feeling really tired today, Lorraine. Are you okay? Have you had more bleeding?
3: A little, yes. What's wrong? Jerry can't come in tonight.
4: Oh, right. Well, maybe this isn't such a bad thing. What do you mean? It just gives you a little space. He does tend to dominate things,
3: but he means well, Lorraine. I'm sure he does. Sometimes he doesn't really see me. Like who I am, the woman he fell in love with. I'm just the space where the baby lives. Just the incubator.
4: Come on, don't be like this. My mum's exactly the same. Tries to take over. She got totally excited about the possibility of a new baby. She said she'd take it in. Like it was... Some unwanted kitten. What are you going to do? Have you got a plan for the future? Emily, I haven't even got a plan for tonight. Hang gliding? Rock climbing? Trampolining? People could use us as the trampolines. My last boyfriend loved to trampoline. Here we go. No, I'm being serious. Had this really big one in his garden. Well, hey, what happened to him? (laughs) Well, he spent most of his time reading comic books and playing Xbox. He lived in his own cyber reality. I came home from work one night and found him enjoying certain pages of an online website. Trousers around his ankles, puffing away like a steam train. Sounds like your Jerry at least wants to get involved.
3: He's involved, all right.
4: He's just so protective. Precious cargo, Emily. Caution. Baby on board. Ah, well. At least you don't have to eat the mush they serve up here. What have you got today, then? Rainbow root salad with chives. Mm Hmm. Very, Jamie Oliver. What is it? Mainly raw veg, with tofu cubes, almonds and brown rice. And chives. What's the smell? Miso. Miso? Don't think so. I'll stick to the hospital, Scran. It's mince and tatties today. It's incredibly good fuel for baby, though.
3: Promote cell division. Make sure the organic scaffolding is in place.
4: Organic scaffolding? Isn't that Jack White's new band? <laughs> Laugh if you want to, but we should all read the labels a bit more. Yeah, well, I've read your labels, Em, and all of yours are a hell of a lot more expensive than mine.
3: Food labels, not clothing labels.
4: I know. I was just messing around.
3: Lighting up. Yeah, well, we shouldn't mess around with our bodies. We should all be a bit more mindful of what we pump into them.
4: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be in this state if there was less pumping. <laughs> oh, what? I'm being serious. Have you heard of industrial impotence? <laughs> is that what they're calling it these days? I think I've experienced that one firsthand. A case of not being able to feel the wood for the trees.
3: <laughs> talking about pesticides, our food is laced with them. They can cause extreme havoc with our bodies. I'm proud to say my womb is a pollution free zone.
4: <laughs> How clean is your womb? That could be a new reality TV show on ITV3. Hello, I'm Lorraine Kelly, and I guess you're wondering why I'm wearing a wetsuit. <laughs> You can laugh, but the placenta is our baby's life support
3: system. The first six weeks are the most important. The cells divide more frequently, and bad nutrition slows down the splitting up process.
4: Splitting up process? I'd like to be able to learn that technique. I'm crap at relationships. Everything's a joke with you. Oh, it's just my way of dealing with things. No,
3: it's just your way of not dealing with things. Right, okay. I'm sorry, Lorraine. I'm just feeling really drained. I tell you what, I could murder a cigarette.
4: Aye, but did you know say that babies of smokers are twice as likely to suffer from chest problems, such as asthma and bronchitis?
3: Impressed?
4: Hmm. So, do you fancy one, then? Where did you get those from, you sly devil? Oh, I have my sources. Some of them strawberry blonde. What one? Yes, of course I want one.
3: I would walk over hot coals for one lungful right now. Am I going to have one? No. Just as I'd love a Starbucks or a Jack Daniels and Coke.
4: Mate, well, I'm going to nip off for a sneaky puff. Cover me. Nicotine restricts the blood flow. I promise I wouldn't heal.
3: She's such a wee liar. I really shouldn't take my bad mood out in Lorraine. I'm just a bit cheesed off that Jerry isn't coming tonight. He's a good guy. I mean, his heart's in the right place. He just wants to make everything perfect. He's probably at home picking out baby mobiles that are both educational and stimulating. I keep telling him that there's no magic wand with this one. Some things are meant to be broken and damaged and faulty. Like me. Our doctor tells me I have to keep my lines of communication open with my husband, not to bottle things up. Every time I try to reach out to him and make the effort, he clams up. The last miscarriage affected him so badly. He was so excited at the scan when we saw the twins on the ultrasound. And then he was totally devastated when we couldn't find their heartbeats. I can tell Lorraine's not really listening to me sometimes. I don't really blame her. I'm not very good company at the moment. I'm a bit on the edge. When I get like this, I tend to talk rubbish. I am under observation, but it feels more like house arrest. I started bleeding again last night. Not as much as the last time, just a little. specks if anything, but enough to start me worrying. bit of a vicious circle... Or in my case, cycle. Blood pressure shoots up and my alarm bells go off. I'm just so fed up with this waiting game. Appointments, results and procedures. One minute I'm sailing high in the clouds and the next I'm hitting rock bottom.
0: Everything seems lovely. When you start to roam The birds are singing the day that you stray But wait until you are further away Things won't be so lovely When you're all alone I said we
2: should
4: have
0: caught that earlier train That furniture chap would keep on talking We shall cop it from her Irene, are you okay? I'm
4: fine. What are you doing in here? I want my dad to come and see me. Invite
3: him. I'm sure he'll be able to come.
4: He won't come. Don't be
3: silly. Of course he'll come. No, he won't. Maybe he could get a neighbour to drive him in. It's because of what I
4: did... What did you do? Something I wish I could take back, but I can't. Hold on, let me turn this off. I went to see my dad one night. I went over to his wee flat and I just needed to be with him. I wanted him to hold me the way he used to when I was wee, you know? make everything better with a cuddle he hadn't spoken to me since my mum told him about me getting pregnant and I just wanted to make everything alright I knocked on the door but he wasn't in I waited ages it just got so late so I used his spare key and I let myself in The place was in such a state. Dishes piled high in the sink, dirty washing was everywhere. So I made a decision there and then. To go to sleep and not wake up. I went into my dad's bathroom cabinet and found some of his medication. The stuff he takes for his nerves. took a handful and I lay in his bed. I had this nightmare. It must have been the pills in my system. I dreamt that there was this really long zip stretching the length of my belly. And then slowly the zipper opened like a tent flap. When I tried to look inside, There was nothing. No organs, no rib cage. Just empty darkness. Just a black space inside me. Like that old woman from Annie's land. Next thing I remember, I was waking up near you knee in the West End. Come here, you wee soul. Em, um, this is the real reason why my dad has a been to see me. He came home for the pub and found his pregnant daughter unconscious on his bed. After taking an overdose on his medication. Thank you. What for?
3: For trusting me enough to tell me this. This is like the first step, Lorraine. You have to talk about feelings like this. You're the last person who anyone would accuse of being silent. So don't go being silent about this. You need to open up and let some of the light in. We're going to get you some proper support, okay?
4: Yeah. I'd really like that. Good. Emily, can you tell me a story? Something nice. Something nice? Please. Okay.
3: We used to have this really huge tree in our back garden. It had all of these twisted branches and massive roots pushing up through the ground. There was one branch in particular that I would always swing from. I used to play this silly game with my dad. It would involve me holding on from this branch with my legs dangling while my dad counted out loud and timed me, you know. One, two, three, four, and so on. I would cling to this branch and try not to let go. My dad would be gardening or washing dishes and I would still be attached to this tree and I would let him know that I hadn't given up by shouting I'm still holding on dad, I'm still holding on My hands would eventually ache so much that I would call out that I was about to let go now, if he was near, in an in a playful mood, he'd come running and scoop me up in his arms. But if he was busy or got distracted, I'd have to jump and land on the hard ground. You see, sometimes I liked nothing more than to be caught and carried around holding the top of his head. The amazing smell of my dad, a combination of hair tonic, aftershave and suntan lotion. My little fingers trying to grip his slippery neck. And other times, all I wanted was to just jump and feel the ground beneath my feet.
4: Standing on your own two feet? Exactly. That was a really nice story. Do you miss your dad?
3: Only every day. (laughs) Come on. It's really late.
4: Love me or leave me or let me be lonely You won't believe me
0: I love you only I'd rather be lonely Than happy with somebody else
4: Lorraine, what are you doing? You've packed all your things Shh! Aye Where are you going? It's the middle of the night I'm not staying here a minute longer if I stay tonight, they might move me away. Oh, come on, look how far you've come. Could you stop saying that? You've been speaking to your counsellor and everything. Keep your voice down. But you can't stop me. Lorraine. Don't start lecturing we're me. I are going to? Let's talk about this. I'll make us a cup of tea. I can't talk about this anymore. I can't even find the words just takes time I haven't got any more time okay we can change the subject and talk about what exactly hmm? knock
3: knock jokes how sexy the Polish orderly is heaven forbid we should actually attempt to try and have a proper conversation about anything serious or meaningful I thought we trusted each other yeah well it just goes to show you how wrong you can be I just wanted you to know that I'd be there for you oh, oh god I was gonna say in
4: the outside we're not in prison Lorraine well, it feels like it sometimes you can go you can't go out now sleep on it think of your baby it's not my baby It's going to be somebody else's, okay? So I have no right to start calling it mine. What do you mean? Is this another sick joke? It's not a joke, Emily. It's the truth. How do you say? A hundred percent? Why? I don't understand. You've come this far. You don't know what you're talking about. You're going to let your mum bring up your baby? Do you think I would actually let that happen? The baby is yours. Well, at least at this precise moment. Emily, please change the subject. No, come on, Lorraine. We're actually having a proper conversation like grown-ups. Just tell me. Leave me alone. This is just hormonal fluctuations, chemical imbalances. Just stop it. Stop quoting from those stupid books. You brainwashed by all that psycho claptrap you've been forced to by your stupid husband.
3: Lorraine, it's cold feet. Nothing more.
4: Cold feet? Aye, and swollen ankles, and night sweats, and morning sickness, and migraine. It's all going to be worth it in the long run. It's no long run here, Emily. No, for me. I'm putting this baby up for adoption. Lorraine, sit down. You're getting yourself into such a state. You accuse me of hiding behind humour and making light of everything. Okay. I put my hand up to it. At least I know why I do it. I do it because... I can't bear reality. I can't cope feeling like I'm losing my bearings. Everything's changed and it's never going to be the same again. This baby is a little vampire and it's draining me all, my goodness. I'm nothing but gas, food and lodgings to it.
3: No, you are not. You're much more,
4: Lorraine. You don't even know me, so don't pretend you do. I do know what you're going through. No, you don't. You think because I told you about my dad and what I did means we... Bonded? No. Well, yes. Well, it doesn't. Okay. So please don't try and stop me. I'm finding this whole thing difficult. You're not alone. Yes, I am. I don't have what you have. Your big house and your posh pals. No, that doesn't. You're mean. not my mum. Lorraine. Take a look at yourself, will you? I've obviously hit a nerve. A nerve? What are you talking about? You must hate me. Why would I possibly hate you? It's obvious. Is it? You are so desperate to have a baby. And here I am about to give mine away. Look, I didn't mean to say that. I really don't think that you. I'd be proud to have you as a mum. I'm sorry for saying those things. I see. Emily... Will you hold me? Hmm.
3: Maybe I could do with a cuddle as well.
4: I think I've got to call my dad. This is great
3: news. Isn't it a bit late?
4: (laughs) Yeah, okay. I'll call him in the morning. And you know what I'm going to tell him? That you love him. Yeah. But you know what else? Go on then, tell me. I'm still holding on, Dad. I'm still holding on.
0: Everything seems lovely when you start to roam. The birds are singing the day that you stray. But wait until you are further away. Things won't be so lovely when you're all alone. Here's what you keep saying when you're far from home.
2: Holding On was written and directed by Glenn Dixon. It starred Cindy Campbell as Lorraine and Jane Stabler as Emily. The
0: sunshine's east, the sunshine's west. I know where the sunshine bears.
2: If you are feeling suicidal or you're worried about someone else, visit chooselife.net.
3: Helen would come to work every day. I don't think others noticed, but, well, I felt she just wasn't herself. I don't like to pry, but I couldn't stop thinking, if something's wrong, maybe I could help. So I asked her about it. We talked, and she ended up telling me she'd been thinking about suicide. Because I asked,
4: she's still alive.
2: For help and advice for you or the person you are worried about, visit chooselife.net forward slash ask. If you can read between the lines, you can save lives. And that's this week's show. Please check the show notes for links for our show this week at sonicsociety.org.
1: Thanks to Glenn Dixon for this week's feature. Find him more on the Facebook page of Writer's Blog Radio Hour, where he's an admin. And he's got some fantastic writing up there with so many other people. This week's show comes up close to the sad anniversary of the death of our amigo Bill Hallwig. This was a good reminder of a really serious issue. Society.
2: Uh, Next week we'll have more societal tales, so join us then for uh, some light dating tips. Until then, I'm Jack Ward. And I'm David Alt. Goodbye. Bye.
1: This has been an Electric Vicuna production.
2: Well, uh, we certainly don't have the extremes of weather that you do in Halifax and in in the north of the... the, uh...
1: (laughs) I'm keeping that. No, you're not. In the back, in the end, after the credits.